right guys, welcome to the Once Around podcast. Now I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Essentially what we're trying to do here at Once Around is deliver news and you know have a bit of fun regarding Derby County over the course of the 2019-20 season. We're going to crack right into it, throw ourselves in at the deep end and see what we can do. Hopefully everyone enjoys it. It's just a bit of fun and we've got a good group of lads just trying to get their first foot into the social media world revolving uh, around football and uh, yeah I think it's going to be a good experience and I hope you all enjoy so without further ado um, let's get into it. Today I've got Ollie and Ben with me so if you'd like to introduce yourself lads. Yeah I'm Ollie. And I'm Ben. <laughs> there we are. That's the, uh, the cheerful trio. <laughs> right. Um, I suppose we better start start off and get straight into it. Um, managerial situation. There, there were well, the couple of words on everyone's uh, on everyone's lips. Who is going to be the manager at the start of the season? We've got 37 days until um, until we play Huddersfield away. And we've got a lot of days before that that obviously we need preparation. We need to make signings and sell players if, if you know that's what we're set on. Um, who do you guys think would be the best manager to come in? Uh, obviously, we've seen the names mentioned. We've got Darren Moore, Danny Cowley. We've got Phil Neville. You know, if, there's a few names being thrown around. Unfortunately, not so many uh, fan favourites. Um, but between the two of you, who do you think would do the best job next season? Um, so we've 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 got we've got this bit of an issue, haven't we? With no one knows if Lampard's actually going or not going, uh, and it's a problem that needs to get sorted out as soon as possible. Because uh, like you said, it's affecting our our preparation for next season. Um, but like, I was listening to Mel Morris on Talk Sport the other day, uh, and he made it pretty clear what sort of manager he was looking for. One very similar to Lampard, if it's not Lampard. Um, so you know, you go down that route. You've got you're going to look at the the Steven Gerrards, the, the Phil Nevilles, ones that can adopt that sort of style, the y- young freshness. Um, so yeah, obviously my ideal pick would be Chris Hewton, Um but that might be going off 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 the area that Mo was looking for, as he described on Talk Sport. But uh, yeah, there's, there's some awful names being thrown around, isn't they? Awful names, Danny Cowley. Oh, just no, just no. Would you not like Danny Cowley then? No, I, I think that would be an utterly awful appointment. I actually do. I don't think there's much wrong with Danny Cowley. I think he's done well with Lincoln. I'm pretty sure he's got them from the conference into League Two, now into League One. Um, I, I, I don't see, I don't you... see what he's done wrong. I mean, he's, he's got Lincoln promoted with Jason Shackle at the back, which is a very good achievement. Um, and you know, I, I don't see. A huge issue because he's got more experience than Lampard did in managing. So, yeah, yeah, I get that, but I just think the championship—you know, players' players' attitudes are a lot different to League Two. They don't think that that the world-class players down in League Two. They understand why they're in that division. You know, championship players. You've got you know you've got players that that want to be in the Premier League, have big attitudes, big um, egos, yeah, and big massive egos. Um, and I just don't think he'd be able to handle it. But, you know, it's a matter of opinion, and that's what makes football exciting. Fair enough. And uh, Ben, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I don't think we should just be looking at this usual sort of manager range of every available English manager. I think we should be looking outside the field and looking out to 
possibly foreign manager. I know Forrest have just appointed that uh, French bloke. I can't even remember his name. It's like Nabushi or something. I think it's Sabrucci. But but maybe we should be looking at someone with a little bit higher calibre. He's had a little bit more experience, but also has the connections. Uh, look what Wolves did with Nuno Espirito Santo. He's come in, he's brought in such incredible players, and he's managed to finish higher than any other team bar the top six. He's got into Europe just coming up from the championship. So if, if that's the sort of effect a foreign manager can have on the championship going into the Premier League, then I think that really should be a serious consideration from now. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, personally, I don't mind, and don't slate me for this, I don't mind the idea of Darren Moore. A lot of people on Twitter have been slating Darren Moore. They've been saying, no, he's not fit. He's not fit to manage Derby. You know, he's a former player. Leave it at that. But I don't think he did a bad job with West Brom. I mean, you can argue, oh, they've got Premier League quality. They, They should have gone up. You know, any manager could have got them into the top five, top six, whatever. But could they? Because we've seen so many teams come down from the championship with a, like, in inverted commas, Premier League squad. And they've just finished mid-table. You know, and you do get the teams that come down and bounce straight back up. It's always going to happen. But not every team does that. And why were West Brom expected to go straight back up? Because realistically, they they were relegated for a reason. And they didn't add to the squad much at all. So they've got a relegated Premier League squad who, in recent years, the bottom half of the Prem and the top half of the Championship, the golfing class has not been huge. Like, it's been very tight. So why was he expected to get West Brom automatic promotion? I don't think he was sacked fairly. Um, It was silly, really, I think, appointing someone new with, like, five, six games left. Yeah. So what, what was Darren Moore done wrong why, why shouldn't he be given the chance at Derby I'm not saying you know I'm not saying oh I'd love it but out of the names mentioned he's not my league's favourite yeah that's a fair point he didn't do much wrong it's just that was he did did he do quite good enough you know like you said it was a Premier League squad they they had they had Dwight Gale and you know He's renowned for tearing up the tearing up the um, the championship, isn't he? Always coming to teams that come down from the Prem. I just I just think they had the squad to go back up, and they couldn't defend to save their lives under Darren Moore. You know, we went to their place, absolutely destroyed them four one. Even Scott Bloody Malone scored. So um, it's, 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 it's a no from me. Fair enough. Um, I I feel he did have them playing a really style of football. But their defence was ridiculously lucky. Yeah. It was yeah. just the old style classic tactic of let's score more than them. Yeah. Like uh, early 2010s Man City sort of just bang, 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 done. Let's move on. So, yeah, the the fact that we could score, that our aggregate score with them last season was 7 2. I think that shows the style of football, but really against a team with any decent attack. One way to look at it, it, how I look at it though, he's managed to get that West Brom team firing on all cylinders. Like they scored a lot of goals. We have 
a lot of good attacking players. You know, Tom Lawrence has still not really been unlocked properly at Derby. We don't know where he's supposed to play. Um, and he's heading into his third season with us now. But he is a talent. Oh, We've yeah, got definitely. Jack Marriott. Scores for fun if you play him. He will. He'll score for fun next season. If we start him, he will be one of our top goal with scorers. With the right service. And, right service. But Darren Moore was clearly capable of getting West Brom to score goals. Because no matter what way you look at it, if you, if you gave any random manager to West Brom, he's not going to get them scoring the same goals. Like Darren Moore was working on that. But, which was strange, he, he wasn't working on the defence. Um, or oh, well, it didn't seem like he was anyway. Um, but could you argue that our defence naturally is stronger than West Brom? Could you argue that? Is it, is it Darren Moore or was it the West Brom defenders, um, defenders individually? Because I don't think personally if Darren Moore was to come in, we'd be having five, four, six, five wins and losses. I think I think we'd keep scoring the goals that we that were known to score in the championship recently. Um but I don't think that especially if I know it's it's a big if, but if we did manage to sign Tamori or someone of his calibre to partner Keo again next season, uh, assuming that Davis is on the bench, which you know, we don't know that yet. Um, then would we be conceding all those goals? We, we do have a good defence on paper. Yeah. Where, where I feel more sort of thrives is against the lower teams, which I don't think we were able to do that much this season. Uh, last season, even. I mean, the 1-1 one, one, one draw against Ipswich, the 1-0 home loss to Millwall, results like that is what really made us fight for that sixth place. But he was able to get the job done and finish him and then obviously struggle against the bigger teams like what's expected. True. So if if we were able to do the job against the little team consistently week in, week out, then, yeah, no, I agree with you. We could be seeing sparks from Jack mm, Marriott. Maybe a potential, right. Yeah. Uh, Golden well, I'd say that's enough about West Brom. Um, <laughs> we should probably focus on Derby. It's not once a baggy, so we'll um, try, and, try and crack on with the Derby talk. Um, so another thing I'm going to throw at you, um, the type of manager, uh, Mel has said, you know, I sort of want to bring the youth through, sort of Lampard-esque sort of manager. Yeah. Um, so two managers that have been linked with us that fit that bill of not being a first-team manager yet, but, you know, they've done all the coaching badges. Uh, Michael Carrick, Mikel Arteta. Um, two, you know, promising coaches. Uh, Carrick spent time at Man United, Arteta at Man City. If they were linked with the job, if they were serious, they were interviewed between the two of you, um, who would you prefer to manage Derby? If you could only pick Mikel Arteta or Michael Carrick, out of the two, who would you go for and why? Oh, right. Um, so it's the question of Spanish football or English football, isn't it, really? You know, you've got the links from, from Arteta, from Barcelona, wasn't he, originally? Came through the youth at Barcelona and he's worked under some magnificent coaches. Don't get me wrong, Michael Carrick has too. But, but the experience, I believe, will have been given more to Arteta. Uh, I just don't see Carrick being a good manager. I could see him being a good assistant manager, but... I just don't think he's got the voice, the passion. And no, it's, I would definitely have Arteta on, uh, as, as my manager. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, with, with Carrick, I see him focusing a lot more on the youth, while Arteta would uh, focus a lot more on play, play, older players, players in their prime. And and it is that that's just a guess if they were the head coach or manager. Um, personally, I feel like to get through the championship, you've got to have that sort of grit to grind out the results, as I've talked about before. So it would have to be Carrick. And of course, he's not the biggest name to come out of Man United, but many United fans would consider him a legend for everything he's brought to that squad. Uh, so there must be... And he has a terrific footballing brain. So if he can translate that to tactics and team sheets, then, yeah, uh, Carrick, really. And and I think that would also open us up to um, options from the Man United account. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, use that up, which I, I really wouldn't mind too much. Yeah, I mean, so... We've kind of discussed the the kind of younger manager. Um, Ollie, you said you've you'd prefer Chris Hewton. He's your favourite yes. overall. Uh, yes. Ben, do you do you have a favourite at all? I don't really have a favourite of such. I mean, my favourite would be Lampard. Staying. Yeah. <laughs> really. Um, but you know, there there have been reports coming out today, oh, he's decided to go back to Derby and stay, but it's just, it's the same newspapers that say, oh, he's already... Yeah, you know, apparently he was at Chelsea four years ago, uh, according (laughs) according to half the news outlets. Um, So, I I don't really have a favourite, but I do have full trust in Mel to come through. um, And because I, I, as much, as good as Lampard is, He's had problems, but he's a good mould for what we should be looking for. Yeah, definitely. No more Gary Rabbits, <laughs> no more McLarens. This club is over with that. We want a new breed of manager that can go forward. I don't think you can class McLaren as the same sort of manager as Rowett. That's very harsh. <laughs> well, well, well so I'd, I'd say it's more of an old school sort of manager. Okay, yeah. That, what I'm on about, more old school. I'd say, I think though that McLaren was one of my favourite ever diving managers. I love the bloke. Yeah, the first time around, he was he was pretty special. Uh, second time, it was, just, it, was, it was just a disgrace really, wasn't it? But, yeah, the, but... The, the first time, he got us playing some absolutely brilliant football. And, and don't get me wrong, there was with no one really outstanding. We didn't spend a lot of money those seasons either, did we? No, our star players that year were Johnny Russell and yeah. Chris Martin. Even what Jamie a... Ward had a big part to play I in just, that year. I just want that team back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is the iconic dog. Feel like team. shit, just want 13-14 back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I think that's enough on the managerial issue. I think everyone speaks about it too much on Twitter anyway. So if you do want to talk more about that, head over to Twitter, type in the hashtag DCFC, and I'm sure you'll find 50,000 tweets all with different opinions on who the next manager should be. <laughs> um, I think it's about time we spoke about the youth setup yeah. at our club and how promising it's looking. And um, out of the youth system, under 18s, under 23s, um, a few names last season were brought to attention, either started or, you know, got a chance to be on the bench. Um, I'm talking Max Bird, 
uh, Jaden Mitchell Lawson, uh, Lee Buchanan made the bench, I'm pretty sure, and there are a number of others. Um, what I'd like to know is who do you think next season should get a crack at first team football if they've uh, been on the bench a few times this season, if they've made a few appearances? Who do you think should, you know, be allowed to play? more often, to be really involved with the first team that hasn't had that chance yet? Uh, yeah, so I'll start with uh, with my, my pick that I believe Derby's best youth prospect and, you know, Will Hughes-esque this guy is, uh, and, it's, and it's, that's Louis Sibley. Um, his, his, his rise through the under-18s team was, was outstanding. He played a bit last season for them as well when, when they've now got into the youth league, which is absolutely incredible achievement and thoroughly deserved. Um, but he's now an established under-23 squad under Darren Wassell. And um, the versatility that that lad's got, you know, he can play left, right. He can play all across the midfield. Um, and I believe I watched him just before Christmas um, last year. He scored this absolute worldy chip against um, Man United, I believe it was. I think it was um, in a finish 1-1. But it was absolute, oh, it was a brilliant chip. And it just shows the quality that this lad's got. And like I said, he's a, he's a will use type of player as well. Creates goals uh, and also tracks back. And I, f- I can't wait to see him in the team. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been spoke about a lot. It's been given a lot of plaudits. And I'm quite excited to see him play, to be honest. Um, I, like I said, I saw him in pre-season. Um, yeah. Last year, we played Coventry and he was Coventry, in the first yeah. team. Um, which is why I, I was bringing up the talking point that Sibley was involved with pre-season last year, but then not even given a shot at the bench in the season. Whereas Jaden Mitchell-Lawson um, was nowhere to be seen in pre-season and ended up making his debut against Stoke, I think yeah. it was. Um, so why wasn't Sibley given the chance? Was it was it due to other options I, in uh, midfield? I think that would be completely down to the magic of Mason Mount and what he brought to the team last year. I mean, that that central attacking midfield role was dominated by him until he got injured in about uh, late February. Accrington, so, wasn't it? So, yeah. So, it without this year, without his brilliance... We're really lacking in that um, attacking. What, what are you on about? We've got Shiniesta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I play him a little bit deeper, seeing as he's a nice big Brexit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think Sibley should definitely be given maybe even a few starts, really, because if he if he's putting up form like that in the youth leagues, then hopefully. That'll translate into into championship and maybe league league cup. Yeah, you'd hope so. I mean, you think the the fixture that stands out straight away for a chance for some of the younger players is Scunthorpe away in the cup. Um, yeah. I think that's a great chance. Is it the third game of the season? I think uh, second or third. Yeah, it's um it's been confirmed for a Tuesday now. I know that much. Um, but. You're looking at games like that and you're thinking, realistically, um, Sibley could probably play in Scunthorpe's league, um, especially out on loan. So if we're to play, maybe not first team against Scunthorpe, but well, obviously no disrespect to them. But um, if we were to put a sort of half and half sort of 
two or three youth players in there, a few experienced players, and then maybe a couple of bench players. Hopefully that will see us through to the next round, but it would also give us a chance to see what Sibley was like yeah. in, a, in, a, in an actual game, um, first team game scenario, which he's not been accustomed to yet. Yeah, Louis Sibley's definitely completed, hasn't he? He's completed the under-18 setup now. You know, he's played for England at that level. Uh, didn't he um, also play for, um, in the under-18s, 17 cha- European Championships as well, which was uh, pretty special yeah, for I that. Think he did. Yeah, pretty special for that lad. So um, it's about time, isn't it? He gets a shot. Uh, and I just hope it's this season. Yeah, you'd hope so. Is there, um, is there anyone else? From the under-18s, you've obviously got Tyree Wilson, um, who I'm pretty sure was in double figures last year in both goals and assists. Um, what are we thinking about Tyree Wilson? Does he deserve a chance on the bench or at least starting? Is it a case of, um, do you want to see these lads thrown in into pre-season, where it doesn't matter if we win or lose? See him start, see him score, maybe, you know, see what they can do. Uh, and then is it a case of them going, you know, maybe maybe you do deserve a chance at first-team football? Yeah, I, I personally, I just think we should just go balls to the wall and throw as many youth players in the less important games as possible. I mean, the likes of Sibley, uh, Wilson, Morgan Whitaker, those sort of names, We uh, Knight even, we need to be seeing them at least on the bench just to make sure that they are developing at the same rate yeah. and excelling to the higher levels that we hope they can get to. You've said um, Whitaker there. I might have mistaken Whitaker uh, <laughs> with um, with Wilson because was it uh, was it Whitaker that scored double figures and assisted? Uh, Tyree Wilson played for the under 18s last year. He played twenty seven games uh, and uh, yeah, he scored eight and assisted eleven. I think Whitaker. I think Whitaker was double goals, figures, didn't he? Yes, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah, so that's I, who I was I, thinking of. I'm pretty sure that. I'm pretty sure it's Whitaker that went to the uh, under-17 or under-18 championships for, with England as well. Yeah. I think uh, he either picked up Golden Boot or scored a good handful. I think it might have been Whitaker. Um, either way, regardless though, of stats, I, I mean, both should be given a chance. I mean, those numbers speak for themselves. Really, we don't have a player putting up that many num- yeah. numbers. That's one of our own. Yeah. So, so, so Whitaker. Um... He played 28 under-18 games last season, assisted 15 and scored 24, which is, that's absolutely There we go then, yeah, so it was Whittaker. Yes. <laughs> I, I knew it was right. if, if he can even translate, like, a, a, onto the championship, I'd, I'd say that's a good return for a youth player. What did you say? If he could repeat what? If he could, sorry. <laughs> if he could translate even a quarter of that onto onto the pitch throughout the whole season. I'd say that's a brilliant return for a youth player. Yeah, for, for a youth player, certainly. Because um, you, know, you never know if, unless they're given the chance. And I think one of the things regarding youth players and youth systems these days especially um, is that there'll be so many players in the academy that just won't get that lucky break. You know, mm. if, if you look at Marcus Rashford, really... Um, they, at Man United, he got that one chance where there was a striker that was injured, so he was on the bench and he had to come on. Um, and there was another striker. It was uh, Fletcher, I think, is now at Middlesbrough. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. That could have been him. 
Ashley Fletcher. You know, it easily could have been Ashley Fletcher. And I think there was an interview where I spoke about it where, um, you know, at the time it was between the two of them who went out on loan. And Fletcher was the one that went out on loan. And it was Rashford that got the chance and took it. Uh, and you even look, if you can remember, James Wilson, a uh, former Derby player for a few games. <laughs> um, he's, I think, 22 now. I think he plays in the Scottish League. Like, yeah. his, um, his career's really dropped off massively. But it could have even been him. And you never know who the next Marcus Rashford might be. It exactly. could be a Derby player. You know, Tyree Wilson might get a sort of, oh, well done for the under-18s. Here's a chance on the bench, you know, and they might not be expecting to play, and they might just be wanting to give them the experience. Uh, but suddenly, Jack Marriott's injured. We need a striker. Here's your chance. Go take it. And um, you know, we might unlock a future star. Just hopefully, we give you the chance next season. I think that is massive, and I think that's one thing that Mel and the majority of supporters are pretty pretty connected on, where we all want to give the youth a chance next season. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I certainly think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think now is part of the podcast, which is uh, hopefully sounding all right so far. <laughs> it will have to be let know by the uh, by the listeners. Um, now is the time for the uh, for the big debate. I think that's cue the that's music. The big debate. <laughs> That's perfect. On once around. We'll have to um, we'll have to get someone to to make us a little a little edit for that. Don't worry, lads. I'll get in the studio. I'll, I'll stretch my vocal cords. <laughs> um, yeah. So essentially, uh, for those of you who don't know, you should know this by now. Um, <laughs> the big debate. Or, you know, we, we could probably come up with a better name. So, if you're listening... We will. And, um, we will. Uh, the big debate's a placeholder. Yeah. If you're, um, if you're listening and you're thinking, well, that's a crap name, don't be scared to tweet us and tell us that it's a crap name and that, you know, it should be called something else because all we're doing is talking about football and trying to get a little bit of a response from the public and uh, try and get Derby fans involved, really. It was not... We're not serious as of yet. No. We're just having a having a laugh. So um, yeah, if you do want to let us know a better name, uh, do do tweet us or get in contact. Um, but yeah, we're just a platform for you. Yeah, yeah. we're we're for the viewers. We're for the fans. Um, but yeah, the uh, big debate for now uh, is essentially a bit of a game where I will ask the two people on the uh, podcast with me um, a question, and it can either be serious or might be a bit jokey, but um, I'll ask them a question, and they both have 60 seconds each, uh, uninterrupted, to uh, basically explain to me why their answer is the best answer to the question. So it's going to be opinionated. It's not going to be a straight up, what is two plus two, which is obviously eight. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's not, it's not going to be as simple as that. Um, but yeah, it's up for debate, and obviously you guys can get involved as well at home. Um, but today's question, I think it's a pretty simple, uh, pretty simple plan to follow. Um, out of Derby's current squad, who would be the best player manager out of the current Are we squad? Talking player manager, as in. Uh, they're a player and a manager. Yeah, we're, talk, we're talking. If next season, 
one of the players had to play and manage the team. So, uh, like what Vincent Company is doing. Ainsworth style, I'm with Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and Company at Anderlecht now. Um, oh, my God. So, I think uh, you both have your players in mind already. The uh, yes. only reason I know that is for you listening at home. We recorded the whole podcast yesterday. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, a few interruptions due to the bus. Um so we've had to we've had to record the whole thing again. Um, so do forgive us if the quality is a bit poor, but um, hopefully it's better than the uh, better than the recorded um, version yesterday. Um, but yeah, are you are you both ready to get into it and see who you think's the winner? Yeah, Ben, do you want to start? Yeah, go on. Right, man. so come on, ben, then, man. Come on, come on. Who are you going for before we start the timer? Uh, before we, st- uh, I'm gonna go for uh, the king himself, Martin Waghorn. Okay, so Martin Waghorn for the best player manager. You've got 60 seconds starting now. Okay, so I feel that Martin Waghorn will be the best player manager because he has the charisma, he has the enthusiasm, and most of all, he has the passion for football. He plays with a smile on his face, and that will be reflected in everyone around him. Even bloody Keo captaining the team, he's smiling because Waghorn's just scored a blinder and he's loving his game. He's also got, I'd say he's one of the most complete forwards we've had in years. So he's got that tactical awareness of where he needs to play. That means he knows where everyone else needs to play. He is aware of everything that's going on in the pitch. And he's just got such a fantastic footballing mind and I can't wait to see what he does next season especially when he takes off his tie and reveals his number nine shirt under <laughs> you still got 10 seconds left okay um, Derby's number nine Martin Michael <laughs> there, there we go then <laughs> that's, that's your uh, 53 seconds um, oh, that's um, Ollie Yes, right. Who, who have you gone so for? My player would be Curtis Davis. Okay, so um, Curtis Davis for Derby's player manager. You got sixty seconds starting now. Yeah, I, I could not see anyone else within the Derby team that would be worthy enough for this this spot apart from Curtis Davis. He's like thirty four years old now. An absolute magnificent amount of experience throughout all the English leagues. He started his career at Luton. Worked his way up, uh, and rightfully so, deserves spot in the Premier League with Hull City. Scored the winner in FA Cup, played in big games, unlike Martin Waghorn, whose biggest game is probably for Rangers, who play in a Farmers League. Um, and, you know... Well, we just lost all our scholarships. <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and um, you know, the traits he, he brings to the team as well, you know, his, his leadership qualities are there to see when he wears the captain armband. Uh, and... The hard work, the effort he puts in, uh, 100% committed f- for the cause. Um, and I just believe he's, he's got the attitude as well to control his players. You know, he's, he's not going to take no for an answer. He's a pretty tough git. And, um, and I believe that will... Uh, Time. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That will be I the... Think, yeah. So I've got a decision to make now. Martin Waggon or Curtis Davis? I think... That um, Ollie loses points for getting rid of all of our Scottish listeners. Goodbye. Definitely gone. Um, definitely gone. Also, sorry, Chris. Sorry, but um, 
the football the football history please to come into play. Curtis Davis didn't win the FA Cup. He uh, did he, he went, not? He went two 0 up with Hull, and Arsenal won three two. Oh, that's disgusting. so I think for um, I'll take that as a statistical foul. Um, I think Martin Wagon wins. I think Ben's won. <laughs> I don't believe this. Oh. <laughs> so uh, that, propaganda. Never use any statistics in an argument ever. <laughs> uh, propaganda is starting work. for Martin Wagon as the new manager from next season. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so that does mean um, that in the next podcast, Ben will be uh, reappearing. Um, ready to face his next challenger at the big debate. So well done, Ben. Oh my God, <laughs> I'll get a trophy sent to you. You can only keep it for a week, Ben. Oh, <laughs> um, right. right now, I think we've covered Derby. So for those of you that are only interested in Derby, uh, feel free to kindly leave the podcast if you want to, or if you want the doors there, <laughs> you, know, just... you don't have to stay. Yeah. But we've got um, ten minutes now just to speak about. Uh, you know, football in general, you know, that, that sport that we like. Um, so, the world of football currently, one right. thing that sticks out, the ongoing story at the minute, uh, Aaron Wambasaka to Man United yes. for 50 million, it seems. Jesus Christ. Um, what is happening? <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't think he's worth that, but United need him. They've been a lacking squad. I think even while Fergie was there, they ju- they just don't have the same quality. Um, and if I don't think he'll make that much of an impact, really, it's it goes way further up than the players, the manager. So are you um, um, are you an Ashley Young over Aaron Wan-Bissaka sort of dude? I'm not an Ashley Young over Aaron <laughs> Uh I, however, I would take. Ashley Young at Derby. Um, <laughs> what over Bogle? Well, you know, just just to light as a sub. <laughs> as an ego booster, as uh, an Ashley Cole. Exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I think he'll do all right, but he won't set the world alight. Okay. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough, though. He's a, he's a young lad. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, Man United are desperate, aren't they? They're so <laughs> desperate for a good defence, and you know. It it, it costs way too much now to get any sort of defender that you know that pushes up the pitch and, and helps score goals because he got a, tons of assists didn't he last season for Palace uh, Wan Bissaka not yeah. quite sure how many I don't know if it reached double figures or not I but... was looking at Sky uh, on Sky Sports yesterday I think for fullbacks he was like mm. top of the assist chart for yeah. defenders you know he was top of you know uh, passes completed I think yeah. over the course of the whole season. A ninety-four percent tackle success rate, which is unbelievable, especially for his age. Yeah. Um, considering that he was a right winger, uh, then into a right wing back, then into a right back, he's done so well. Um, but fifty million. I mean, I think we've got to get used to the new price ranges. I think we've got to get used to the fact that this is the market now, where ten years ago he would have been going for ten million max, probably. Um, you know, yeah, le- yeah, less than. Um, and now, you know, we've got championship players selling for twenty million. Um, you know, like Neil Moore Pay has been linked with twenty million moves. Bristol City are trying to hold out for thirty million for Aaron Webster, I believe. <laughs> and I mean, who is Webster? Because I've not, I, I've never heard his name mentioned last season. 
you know, I'm I'm quite big on my football. I'm always watching the Championship. You know, I'm always watching the Premier League. I've I've got a good eye for football, and it's the only thing I ever talk about. But there, that Webster, I've not I've not exactly heard raving reviews about him. So for him to be going for that much, Keogh surely worth twenty million at that. Point. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So it's like what. What do we think about the the price range of players? Because that's silly, unbelievable. It's it? it silly, you, you know. People have got money, and, and it's, it's just becoming a rich man's game. Slowly and slowly, ticket prices rising. Uh, everything's everything's rising, uh, and so eventually people won't be able to afford tickets anymore. <laughs> everything's rising, other than Derby <laughs> County, who are sat comfortably in the championship for the remainder of time. <laughs> yes, above Forest. <laughs> above Forest, yeah, but we don't care about them. Um, what else no, can we talk it's... about in the in the footballing world? Is there anything you guys have uh, spotted that comes to attention? Well, I do want to point out the circus going on uh, down the A52, actually. Oh, yes. Uh, 18-minute managerless forest. <laughs> um, um, I've had showers last, last longer than that, vacancy. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'd also like to bring to attention... That uh, that little edited Wikipedia article going round. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Exposing himself on a, on the podcast. Yeah, literally the second that um, I saw that they'd changed it. Like, <laughs> Breaking news. Uh, yeah. Um, so I edited it, and now the the page is unable to be edited by the public. <laughs> That's that reminds me of uh, way back when, uh, back at secondary school, we went onto the Wikipedia. I've changed Darren Bent as a is now well, he became for about ten minutes before I banned the whole school IP address. Um, A Japanese striker who plays (laughs) Barcelona. So um, you know, just Darren Bent there. Yeah, for anyone who, who didn't see, I I put for I can't even remember his name. Sabri Sabrucci. Sab Sabrucci. Yeah. Even. Uh I changed it to uh he's looking forward to finishing below Derby. <laughs> <laughs> I think um the season we finished below Derby well I the <laughs> the season we finished below Forest is uh is the season that well that's my last season. I'm, I'll, be dead, I'll be dead after that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll never stop being the Derby supporter, but it doesn't mean I have to carry on living. <laughs> that, that's where I draw the line. Don't be saying that live. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, it, it is... I, d- I don't think he's got the experience to... Do it in the championship, but who knows? Could be surprised. Well, he's he's managed um I think a team in Dubai and done quite well with them. I mean that he managed um oh, who's that French team? Is it Rennes? Didn't he have something to do with Lyons as well? Am I right in saying that? I'm not sure. I think he was definitely a French yeah, he team. Born in Lyon. Born in Lyon. He, um, he got um I forgot I think it might have been Rennes or something like that in, in France. I'm not too sure. Yeah, he's he's just finished a career a campaign in Ren where he had a decent start to the season, but he ended up losing to like bottom uh bottom of the table teams 
like three nil, three one. Well, that 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 would suit us perfectly then. Yeah. <laughs> Forest like doing that, you know, starting off well, winning the league after the first five games, and then finishing twelfth. Yeah. Uh, so I, I reckon it'll be gone by November. To be well, I mean, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he, he he doesn't look too bad though. I mean, he um, he took over a team that were in a relegation place, and he took them into the Europa League. Uh, but he's not done it in England, so we'll see. And um, lastly, I think it would be good to move abroad, talk about Real Madrid. Um, the Galacticos, are they back? It looks that way, doesn't it? Sounds some absolute cracking players. Um, and uh, I just can't see it going wrong for them. They've spent what, what they needed to spend. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. There was a uh, struggling last season, wasn't there? They were. Uh, these players are going to make such a difference, and but they're not just they're not just any old players as well. They're young and and upcoming. Um, Bar Hazard, who's world class. Bar Hazard, who yeah, who's who's coming? How old is Hazard? Uh, twenty eight, turning twenty nine, I believe. Jesus, but yes, um, yeah, they're, they're going to be good, aren't they? Going to be a full force in the Champions League next year. Definitely. Um, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon that's Real Madrid. They're already ingrained in the name on the Champions League trophy for twenty twenty. There's not. I don't think anyone can come close. You know, I think when it comes to European football, Real Madrid are the powerhouse, no, no matter what anyone says, really. I think Barcelona uh, would like to think it's them. Um, you know, there's a few of the... There's probably English teams now, you know, but Liverpool... What's, but what's sad it. is... What's sad is Man United should be there. They're, they're, they're one of the biggest clubs in the world. And I, I know, I, I don't want to be saying this, but they are. They, yeah. are, they are a magnificent club. Well, it's uh, undeniable, really, isn't it? If you look at their attendance and that, yeah. just how big the club is and what they've won, uh, yeah. it's just been such a shocking few years. And I mean, it's not as if they've won nothing. Like, they have won a few things, you know, the Europa League, the FA Cup, I'm sure. Um, if the, yeah. <laughs> the community shield, if you count that. But, yeah. Boy, don't talk about the community shield. There'd be riots in the street of, streets of Derby if we won. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's true, though. <laughs> I think there'll be riots in the streets of Derby if we won anything. How long's it been? <laughs> um, but yeah, back to Real Madrid. I think that they've got such a good squad. I, I don't. I just. I can't see any team rivaling them next season in Europe. I think the weird thing is, I think Barcelona will win La Liga, but I think Real Madrid will win the Champions League because Barcelona just tend to win that trophy for fun. And Real Madrid have such a good track record in Europe that they've got so many good players this year. It's hard, especially uh, Luka Jovic as well. Um, oh, what a player he is from Frank well. from Frankfurt. What a player! Oh, but, I, I, the magnificent of watching him on the, on the sky. I think. Um, so, if realistically you're looking at Jovic, Hazard, and who they well, they're not going to be playing Bale, are they? But they've got the, a cracking front three. And you know, there's talks about Neymar as well. I mean, that won't happen. I I, I don't think. If anyone's thinking logically, I don't think that will happen. But no matter what, Real Madrid don't need to buy anyone now. I think they will dominate Europe next year. That's my opinion. Yeah. It all depends on who Liverpool sign, I think. If Liverpool get Nabil Fakir from, uh, I think it's... Leon, yeah. Yes, it is. Um, if they get him and, I don't know, let's say Delict as well, it's it's a bit far. Well, he's off. Uh, he's off to Juventus for seventy five million, according to Sky. But then again, Lampard was, was at yes. Chelsea five yeah. weeks. Ago. I can't believe anyone now. It's I normally trust uh, Sky. Yeah, I used to. <laughs> so let's say they get Delict and Fakir. I'd say that could go against whatever Real Madrid have, but it's it's just 
very unlikely that they'll make that big budget signing to go for the Premier League. Yeah. Um, I think the difference is, I think Guardiola strives for success. So even if he's got the best team, he will find a way to make it it better. Exactly, yeah. And uh, with Klopp, he's so happy with what Liverpool did last year. That's his biggest achievement ever, I would say, in a managerial way. Um, he, why would he want to add to it? That's his mindset, not you know, not the mindset of others. Because obviously Liverpool fans would surely like to add to it and challenge for the Premier League again. But if Liverpool don't add to their squad and Man City are already adding to it, um, you know, I, I can't see Liverpool winning the league. I think it's simple as Man City going to win it three years in a row. Because no one comes close to Man City, in my opinion. I think Liverpool had a very good year last year. Uh, but with no improvement, I can't see them being as close next year. I reckon they'll finish second, but I, I don't think it'll How be as close. How do you think Spurs will do? Um, depend, it's depending on signings again. I think that Endembele, um, I, I don't know too much about him, not going to lie. I'm, I'm not a massive watcher of League on. Um, but from what I've seen, the Tottenham fans are very happy, very excited for signings. So I think... I think it would just be another top four finish. It's a classic, like, you know, we're here, we're Spurs, we're, we're a top four team now. I think that's, that's all they're going to do. Uh, do you see Bale going back? No. I think he's happy in Spain, but not with Real Madrid. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him move in Spain somewhere. Or I think loans are off the cards. I wouldn't be surprised to see him just warm the bench again for another year and then move afterwards. Yeah. It's a shame, isn't it, really? Because he's, he's a top quality player. And mm-hmm. I want to see him back in the Premier League. Um, it's a bit like it's a bit like Ronaldo, isn't it? Sadly, went to yeah. Juventus. I would have loved to have seen him in a year in the Premier League again. Um, yeah. But you know, sometimes it's just not going to happen, and it, it's, it's, it's a big it's a big shame. I never got to see Messi in the Premier League either. Which yeah, I don't think I think he's which... a one a one man club. But I think guys, that's the place we're gonna we're gonna leave it for today's yeah. episode. Uh, we're just about run out of time on the recording. Um, so this has been Once a Ram um, hopefully you've enjoyed it um, hopefully hopefully um, you'll be seeing me again well hearing me again uh, on next week's episode uh, you'll be hearing from Ben again as the uh, debate winner um, and Ollie we'll, we'll see you soon <laughs> yeah yeah you, you probably will hopefully <laughs> hopefully <laughs> Not yes. barring any tragedies. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, see you later. Yes. Been on it. Cheers. Bye. Oh, God. <laughs>